This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from AllComic.com, episode 120. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Lam Ramayasha. And today we are going to concentrate and listen to the sounds so that we can pick up some cards. Because we are talking about Chihayafuru, the Karuta manga classic that people love and we love. And we got some people who are really passionate about the series on to discuss it with us today. We got Corey from the Tycoon Podcast. And we've got our good friends from the Shonen Sunday or official weekly Shogakukan edition blog and Twitter, Jekka and Bomber with us. So it was a fantastic conversation on Shihaya Furu, a series that I have definitely fallen head over heels with. And yeah, I think we had a really great conversation. What makes it so special? Oh yeah, I definitely enjoyed it as well. And uh, we even we we even answer some Q and A's at the end of the discussion. Uh, we yeah. we we finally managed to put the uh, our discussion and Q and A's in the same episode. Though we did not have, of course, two hours worth of Q and A's, which is what has resulted in the previous Q and A episodes. That that's that's true. That's true. Um, but no, yeah, we managed to have plenty to talk about with Chihaya Furu and. Uh, how it makes us feel and how much we love it and everything, uh, not to give it away too much. But I mean, look, Chihai Fru is good. And, uh, you know, uh, you're going to listen to us uh, talk about how good it is uh, right now. I guess we might as well just get right into it. Now, everyone, let's take a moment of silence and listen to the opening poem. Nani wazuni sakoya konohana Fuyukomori emao harubeto Sakoya konohana Chihaya buru I didn't hear anyone swipe. Did no one reach for their cards? <laughs> we were I forgot all just, where I put it. I was... <laughs> How disappointing. Clearly your listening skills are not on the level of the characters. I was anticipating my opponent's move. That was a dead card on my end. It wasn't here. See, see now, actually, actually, um, I, I did swipe, but I swiped so fast you just didn't hear it. Oh. Oh. Okay. Ah, uh, broke the sound barrier. It's just like the queen. He doesn't make yeah, any noise. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what we were thinking trying to play Carta on a, on an audio podcast. I just don't think it'll work. Yeah, no. I mean, we have the sound part, but we don't have the visual part. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we're talking about Chihayafuru. That's right. The classic Karuta manga that has spawned hit anime. It just wrapped up the third season. This is a series that we've been meaning to talk about for a while. It's one of our fan suggestions from last year. And I think Colt and I both read this series for the first time. We really enjoyed it. And we brought on some fellow Chihaya fans to talk about the series with us. Including returning guests and our good friends Sakaki and Jekka. Hey. And first time guest to the Manga Mavericks podcast, Corey, host of Manga in Your Ears and the Taiku podcast. 
Hello. Yeah, uh, Corey, I believe in particular the Taiku podcast is, uh, I mean, I, I know at this point you probably talk about a lot of different other things on the podcast, but I, I know that the purpose of the show was to talk about other sports anime and manga, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, our first episode was actually on Kihaya Furu. Uh, please do not listen to that episode. The audio quality is very bad. But, um... Well, you recorded another set of episodes to cover the series again, which were really good. Yeah, yeah, correct. My co-host Chris and I uh, were joined by Ink, my, the biggest Kihaya Furu fan I know, at least. Um, and we did two two episodes on that, uh, one on the first season, one on the second season, and we have yet to do the third season one yet, but... Um, that will be coming eventually. Mm-hmm. Excited, yeah. So just before we move on, I, I want to point out, I want to say, well, no, I guess this isn't this isn't our first Jose manga because we've covered Princess Jellyfish before, but I, I believe this is technically our first sports manga we're covering? That can't possibly be right, could it? Have we covered other sports manga on the podcast before? I don't think we have. Man, I don't remember off the top of my head, but... You know, perhaps. Certainly this is the first, like, sports manga that we've read a lot of that we're covering, outside of, like, jump starts or whatnot. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's true. I, I was I was, I was, was talking more so like a, like an actual full... Yeah, yeah, in terms of retrospective review, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty cool first for us, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about more soon. Um, you know, look forward to that. But, uh, yeah, um, I guess uh, we should probably talk about you know what Chihaya Furu is about cuz i know i know this series has its very very dedicated fan base but i'm i'm not sure like how many people outside of the fan base like actually know about Chihaya Furu i guess compared to other series it's beloved in certain any twitter fan community circles but in terms of like relative recognizability i'm sure it is still one of the more obscure titles in fandom Mm -hmm. um and feel 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 free to decline if you don't want to but um cory um would you actually like to tell us just a little bit about chihayafuru and what it's about and maybe explain a little bit about karta for those who don't know as well Sure. Uh, well, Karta, for those who don't know, is a Japanese card game, uh, and I assume you, if you don't know, you just haven't watched Chihaya Furu, because I don't know how else you would have gotten into Karta, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Karta's Japanese card game, it, uh, has 100 cards, uh, which are the 100 poems, if you've watched, uh, what is that show called, um, well, whatever. Uh, there, there's a show that went, went that had twelve episodes, went over twelve of the poems. Oh, but, I know um, what you're talking about. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you've watched that and not Kihaya Furu for some reason, then you'll know what the hundred poems <laughs> are. Uh, or if you're just a person in classic Japanese literature. Um, so, card to hundred cards. Each person has uh, twenty-five cards for a total of fifty on the board. And the, there is a reader. The reader reads each of the cards uh, in turn. And um, on both sides, you have to try to take uh, either your card or your opponent's card, whichever one is called. And the person who has zero cards left first is the winner. Uh, that's the quick and dirty version of what card is. Now, for for uh, actually, oh no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say I found the anime uh, Choyaku Haku Hakunin Ishu Utakoi, which aired back in 2012. Oh, I think I've heard Utakoi, of. Yeah. I've, I've oh, heard of right. Utakoi. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, fun- and this actually everything's related to Gintama because one of the the people that did the opening <laughs> did the opening song did a Gintama opening dilemma 
Oh, wow. It, it all comes back to Gintama. It, it does. But anyway, uh, please go on. Yeah, but um, but Corey, what is what is Chihaya Furu about? Chihaya Furu itself is about this girl named Chihaya. She is at the series Onsex, I believe 15 years old. Uh, first year in high school, and she wants to start a karate club. And then uh, immediately upon uh, first episode slash first volume, I apologize, we're talking about manga here. Um, immediately upon uh, the, uh, like halfway through the first episode, second chapter or something like that, we skip back to when she is in sixth grade and when she learns about karate. At this point, she uh, only has um, aspirations for her sister, who is a model. She wants her sister to be a top model, and then she meets Arata, who is this dude who is like a Arata god to her. Um, and through Arata and through her school's Arata tournament, she gets into Arata itself, and she goes to a Arata society with her other friend Taichi, who uh, just is really smart and memorizes all of the poems, and they start playing Arata together. Uh, and then once we get into the, um, the series proper, that was kind of a flashback introducing Chihaya, what, what all she's about, how she got into Karuta, and then the actual series is her in high school trying to start this Karuta club, getting people into it. There's, um, another guy in their school who is really good at it, but he played tennis, which I do not believe is in the manga, actually. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Well, he did play tennis in the manga, but he played it in middle school. When he started high school, he wasn't playing tennis. So that's very interesting, the stuff with uh, Nishida, is that in the manga, they actually recruit him before they even recruit Deskun. Like, they just find him in the hallway, and, and Chihaya is like, oh, hey, Taichi, Nikomon's here too. Mikman's is here too. <laughs> and then he just joins the club immediately. Whereas in the anime, they have a whole episode dedicated to recruiting him into the club, where he's playing tennis, and Miyuchi sensei is the coach, and they notice that, oh, he still loves uh, Karuta. They have him play against Chihaya, and then they were like, and then he, like, ultimately decides to join the club but like in the manga it's just like immediately they find him in the hallway and they're like oh hey come to the club and he joins the club it's not a it's not an arc it's just, but then he, in the flashback uh in like the first tournament that's when we get all the deal about him playing tennis in middle school and then his whole you know he was trying he was worried like oh i'm not good enough for this so i'm gonna do something else but no i really do love this thing yeah because he ran slap dab into arata the god of Karuta, yeah. and lost by like i don't know 50 cards or whatever oh wow that's really interesting i didn't know anything about this yeah there's some interesting uh, changes between the manga and anime in terms of pacing placement uh choices i i will say not not to not to get too far ahead but uh i will say that um i'm pretty interested in watching the anime now i actually i've, I've only just read the manga and uh i mean f from from everything i've heard about the series because again like it like we mentioned earlier i know that uh the series has a very passionate fan base, and I know I know people who absolutely love this series, which is mostly the reason I gave it a chance in the first place. Um, I don't know. Uh, at first, the subject matter didn't really initially capture me, but it's mostly on the passion of like it's it's very passionate fan base that like I gave it a chance, and now I love it. So, but we we should really talk about like how everyone else kind of got in the Chihaya Furu and just kind of like all of our first impressions and whatnot, and I guess, um, why, why don't we start with Corey? 
Sure. Um, I actually just was paying attention to the ANN preview guide and saw that, like, basically everybody across the board really loved that series, the first episode, at least, of it. And I just picked it up. Like, I was a big fan of sports anime at the time. I didn't have the podcasts at the time, but I still really like sports anime, and I just watched it and fell in love with it. Like, by the fourth episode, I believe, is where that uh, flashback ends. I was just, like crying from uh, everything that was happening <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um i guess uh what about you jack and bomber i guess how uh, i'm assuming your story is probably the same um yes and no i first watched it i think i want to say before season two started i know i was on crunchyroll at the time and from what i remember i i mean i'm also a fan of sports um, anime and manga, so I don't know, pretty much anything I'm willing to give a try. And I think I did a little bit of research on Karuta, like, beforehand, because obviously I didn't know what the heck that was, but, I mean, apparently the name is of Portuguese origins, which I also am, so I'm always like, yep. Um, like, the, the name Karuta is close to Karta, which is the Portuguese word for cards, so anyway, yeah, I just gave it a try, and uh, I actually fell in love with it really fast. <laughs> I love Chihaya to get into that really fast, and I don't know, I just, um, it looked beautiful, it sounded beautiful, so I just kept watching it. What about you, Bomber? Uh, because of Cheka. <laughs> I mean, like, she was really passionate about it, and although I don't really like sports anime or manga i guess i'm probably in the minority here in that case i don't i mean it's weird for me where i don't really think of it as a sports anime manga i feel like how do i put this and without making this drag into a sunday discussion <laughs> but um <laughs> it feels more like a dachi's works to me where it's like yes they have this thing that they do but I mean, in comparison to like Shonen Jump sports, where it's like the characters live, breathe, and eat this sport. Like, <laughs> there's nothing else that matters to them but this sport. I mean, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm I don't want to like Chihaya. Nothing else matters to her but this sport. Right. Definitely for a lot of the other characters too, like Shinobu Arata. Right, but there's like I I feel like there's a balance, at least in the story. Yeah, I know for the characters it feels that way, but I feel like in the storytelling. There's definitely a sense of balance between both. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that in a lot of these series, the sports is important to the characters, but in the narrative itself, there's like, okay, there's a sport, but there's also these characters developing, learning about each other, you know, Yeah, like they up. actually have their own lives that you can look into. Exactly. And like, it's... It know. feels yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have glimpses of life outside the sport. Yeah, that, I guess that's I guess mm -hmm. that's what I was kind of getting at more so, which is what I like about Adachi stuff, which is he's the only sports author besides Chihaya, obviously that I like. But yeah, I, I mean, it was just I mean, I found out I looked up the director and all of this stuff. I mean, he's a pretty big name director, Madhouse, and Jekka was really really into it. So I said, well. I give it a shot, and this is probably, besides all of Adachi's works, the only other sports manga that I... Uh, sports anime, because I've not really read the manga, but like the only sports anime I'm like really into. But I, I still... When people call it sports anime, I'm still always weirded out by that, because I don't feel like it is. <laughs> I mean, it's a different kind of sports anime. It's 
not like you're running around on a field or anything, but yeah, it yeah. is it requires a lot of, you know, physical effort and work into it that, you know, is just as demanding as any other sport. And that is kind of like a detail they go into in the series that, you know, the characters, you know, they have to train to build up their stamina. They oh, yeah. do some running exercises when they do go to the Fujisaki training camp, like uh, Sakurazawa sensei has them run up a mountain and stuff, like as part of their morning routine. <laughs> so, like, uh, there is a lot of physically demanding effort <laughs> involved in it. Oh, yeah, no, I don't disagree. When people say it's for some I'm all like, no, it's not. No, I don't disagree. I just never am in that mindset. But, I mean, yes, with everything that you've said and what I've seen in the animes, which I'm caught up to where season three ended, uh, yeah, with everything I've seen, yeah, it is It is very much in line with that narrative-wise. Mm-hmm. So I guess this opens up the question, would Yu-Gi-Oh! be technically be considered a sports manga? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because Man. people consider Beyblade a sports manga anime, so I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh's in that same vein. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty loose definition of sports. I think real-life Yu-Gi-Oh is a sport, but maybe in the show it never feels that way. I'm, I'm, necessarily, yeah. just because it's like, you know, you know they kind of can, they don't have to worry about timing or whatever. That's just true. They, Play their cards, end their turn. All I that mean, stuff. if anything, Yu Gi Oh is probably more of a quote unquote gaming manga, if anything. But, but anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, the yeah. line between the two can be blurry sometimes. But you know, I think with the amount of kind of physical and mental effort it takes to you know play Karuda, like it's definitely a true blooded sport. But anyway, yeah, no, I guess. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't have too much of a history with Chihaya Fru, obviously. Like, I, I've known what it is for years. Actually, uh, before I got into Chihaya Furu, uh, for the longest time, I thought the card game they were playing was the same card game from, uh, from one of my all time favorite animated movies, Summer Wars from uh, Mamoru Hosoda. Mm. Oh, uh, for, yeah. for, for some reason, I always thought that was the game they were playing, uh, and obviously that's very wrong, because that's a, that's a different game that they're playing in that movie that uh, obviously is different. But yeah, no, uh, I, I think like everybody else, like when I have initially first started reading it for the podcast, I I was pretty much hooked from the beginning. Like, the, the entirety of the first volume, I think, is... A, a great first volume, quite honestly, because it, because it's yeah. it's it, it is essentially like you know uh, the the origin story of like how our three main characters met and basically became lifelong friends, you know, through the game of Karuta, through their uh, ever growing passion, and uh, I don't know, I. I I like just like everybody else. I agree that it's it's honestly an amazing start, and I'm sure Lum probably agrees too. Yeah, I was, like, immediately drawn to it as well. Like, it's a compelling story, beautifully drawn, and it's got a really great hook immediately. And you just like seeing the relationship between the three characters develop. And then when we flash forward into the present day, you know, the story also continues at a good clip and sets up a good conflict and goal for the characters. Like, damn it if you don't care about these kids by the end of that first volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what kept me going really, which is like I I still don't know everything about Kar Karuta, but like 
I was just into it from them. I was just like, I want these kids to be happy. <laughs> Let them just play this game that makes them happy. That's what I was in it for. I mean, I'm still fuzzy on the rules, but for the most part, I'm still in it because of them. I'm like, the storytelling is just so there that I don't mind if I don't 100% get the game itself. Well, I think one of the strengths of Karuda, at least I felt, is that it is kind of a simple game. I mean, it's meant to be like a children's game kind of initially or like a family game that can, you know, be casually played around New Year's and stuff. But yeah, I mean, what's complex about it is that it requires so much memorization and so much skill and speed to choose the right cards upon recognizing the when a word is said just by the first couple of syllables. It involves a lot of specialization, which is really unique and cool. Yeah, I guess Bomber kind of put it best, but that was kind of my initial thought going into this podcast was, uh, and I guess all while through reading Chihayafuru, was that, uh, oh man, I wonder I wonder how much time this story is going to spend on the minutia of like the mechanics of like how this game works and whatnot and like how well I'm going to be able to keep up with, you know, all that stuff in particular. And I think for the most part, like, I feel like as the story goes on, like, I feel like I understand the game, uh, I mean, a a lot better compared to obviously when I first started reading it. But, and I mean, some, sometimes like, certain rules will come up or certain moves will be made where I don't necessarily always understand like uh, the complexities of like how certain things work. But at the same time, um, I, I think what keeps what, what kept me reading through Chihayafuru, despite that was just uh, the passion that these characters and especially Mizusawa has, you know, for the game and how much they love it. And I think that made it the, uh, that passion that they have for the game made it a lot easier for me to stay invested in what was going on. Yeah. It's all about the characters. Yeah. And I know, I feel like they explain enough for you to keep up, but they don't mirror, mar you down with a bunch of explanation. So you're like, the story moves. I, I think as Lum said, it moves as a good clip. Like you never feel like you're overwhelmed with a bunch of terminology but you never feel like the kid, they're just moving past you without explaining what's going on either. Like, there's a good balance of both. The few times they do stop and explain the game are, like, when uh, Kana and um, Komano join, uh, Gestomu-kun, uh join the club, and then uh, in the second season when the, the other two new first years join the club, they do stop for a bit and say, uh, all right, here's the length of the table. It's about, like, if you put your elbow down and then put your hand down on either side of it, that's how about how long you have. Uh, you put the cards in these positions, and they have, like, specialty cards for beginners, so you know the first syllable or first two syllables on them. Um, I guess just to kind of move on from there, I guess, do, do we do we have any, like, favorite characters at all that, that we want to talk about? Or I mean, obviously, like, I think we can all agree that... Uh, Chihaya, Taichi, and uh, Arata are probably the strongest characters. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed on that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I like Chihaya and Taichi a bit more than Arata. Like, Arata has a really great start when, you know, he has given up Karuda because his grandfather died, so it's just too painful for him to continue playing. But then Chihaya and Taichi manage to get through to him to, like, reignite his passion for Karuda. And so he starts playing again. But then kind of after that, I feel like Arata doesn't really have a lot more. I mean, he has a little bit with like 
he gets inspired to also form his own team, uh, seeing how, you know, uh, fun the Musasawa team is, and also, like, feeling, you know, when he gets roped into playing a team match, you know, kind of feeling that responsibility, and also, like, the joy of, like, helping out, you know, your team while playing together. So that stuff is really good, but, like, because Arata is, like, out of the story for the most part, because, you know, he's, like, over off in Fukui or whatever, it's, like, he really doesn't get quite as much focus or development as Chihai or Taichi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is kind of a shame because, like, out of the three, he's unfortunately... You know, he's, you know, in Fukui where, like, the other two are in Tokyo and we just kind of get more focus on them, you know, rather than uh, Arata, which is kind of a shame. But uh, I still thought his initial arc of kind of getting back into Karata was a very compelling one. Yeah. I mean, his backstory, his relationship with his grandfather is, like, very raw and emotional. Like, his grandfather, you know, as he was aging, he was losing his memory and stuff. But, you know, Strew Karuda, he could still, like, kind of sort of rekindle that memory, like, in his last conversation with his grandfather. And then it's just heartbreaking because, you know, Arata goes off to play in this tournament. And then when he comes back, his grandfather has passed away. And he's just kind of, you know, he feels that guilt about it. So, you know, it's a very sweet relationship because a lot of what Arata's passion for Ruta was was inspired by his grandfather and then later that is kind of reignited because his relationship with Chihaya and Taichi is also so important to him. I guess how do we how do we feel about Chihaya as like the main character overall? I mean she's really good I mean because she's you know so upbeat energetic optimistic like she is kind of the quintessential like sports manga protagonist almost very shonen like as well so like she's very endearing like kind of immediately and you kind of just want her to succeed and i think her you know kind of passion for karuda like she has found something that you know is her dream and that's like the whole big thing at the start of the series is like her dream was like all focused on her sister and wanting her sister to succeed and then arata tells her no that's no good your dream has to be for yourself and then in karuda you know she finds something that she can make friends with she finds something that she's good at and wants to become better at and so that really drives her and it's just a really kind of relatable and touching emotional core for that character. Oh man, dude, I I was uh that that made me really sad in the beginning where it's like, you know, obviously Chihaya wants her b- basically wants the same kind of attention that her parents give to her sister and when she doesn't get it, like that that always made me sad. Yeah, but I mean, we have an, a great moment that shows that is not the case that her parents were like totally disregarding her because after you know they win their first tournament and she comes back and at first like her parents are like all focused on her sister and her recent thing but then she finds the scrapbook that shows that her parents have been paying attention to her karuta successes and they've taken out clippings from the newspaper and put in the book and then she just bawls and cries realizing that her parents really do care about her and support her and then later on you know her mother it takes you know, attention and interest in her, buys her a kimo- uh, kimono or a ha- ha- hakama? That- 
Hakama, yeah, Hakama, you know, saying, you know, this, you are going to need this for your future because you plan to continue with this, right? So it's okay. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. You know, it is worth it for you. So it's just, just such a beautiful relationship, you know, between her and her mother, especially, but just her family in general is actually more supportive than they appear to be at first. Like, even her sister, I think this is actually explored more in, like, the, you know, bonus uh, kind of mini-comics at the end of the volumes, more so than the main series itself. But, like, even her sister is, like, you know, quietly, you know, supportive of Chihaya as well from the sidelines. Like, there's this moment in, like, one of the bonus, like, comics where, like, Chihaya is kind of going to her sister for asking for money. And she was like, huh, what did you spend your money on? And she was like, oh, I spent it on, like, your new uh magazine and then her sister like lends her money <laughs> because she's moved that gi would spend you know her allowance on her magazine so it's just very very sweet relationship i mean even in the main series we we do we do get the sense that like uh chihaya's unwavering passion to get better at carta uh, in some way kind of influences you know chitose her sister to you know to not give up on her career at, in entertainment so Definitely. Which I, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, I do remember that moment, actually. Like, it, it's coming back to me as you guys talk, because obviously, uh, you know, season three is the one that I just recently finished, so a lot of the earlier ones aren't as, like, fresh in my mind, but as you talk, it's, like, all coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, kind of... Oh, go ahead, Bobber. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I do agree with what Lum was saying, which is that I feel like at first when she was kind of, like, I won't say drifting, but, like, looking for her thing, you know, that she wanted to do. Yeah, there wasn't really much for her parents to really support. As much. I mean, I don't know. I, I know I'm, like, phrasing this weirdly, but I feel like once she found this thing and was like, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm passionate about, then, yeah, they, they jumped in. They were in. That's, that's kind of refreshing when you have other stories where it's like, you know, it becomes a thing where the parents are really supportive of one child, but ignore the other one. But I, I really liked that we had a chance. It was a refreshing change to see that in this story, once Chihaya figured out what she wanted to do, they were very much behind her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Because because initially, I, I, I really had just kind of ingrained in my mind, like, oh, yeah, they just don't give a shit about what she's doing at all, which I'm, I'm really glad isn't wasn't necessarily the case. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, spe- speaking of like you know what Bomber was saying earlier about having memories of seasons one and two, season three being so fresh on a lot of people's mind, I'm sure um, it's kind of unfortunate in this case because uh, as far as the release of Chihaya Furu, the manga goes at at the time of this recording, I believe 19 volumes are out, which uh, yes, the, the first 17 volumes basically are the equivalent of like the first two seasons of the anime. So technically, the anime is way ahead of where the manga is here in North America. Yeah, Kodansha USA's release schedule for the series is very odd and irregular. Like, they'll publish volumes for a few months, and they'll take a break for a lot of months, and then they'll come back, and then they'll take another break. I don't know, like, what their schedule is. It's like they finish it when they finish it, they release it when they release it. So, it's a little frustrating in that respect, because the release schedule is so irregular. 
But yeah, we will see. I mean, hopefully they continue with it. I mean, they've stuck with it for, you know, a few years already. So hopefully they'll continue on. The series has 43 volumes, you know, in uh, Japan right now. It's still ongoing. So eventually maybe we'll uh, catch up. (laughs) Hopefully by the time the series is over in Japan, maybe. But Seasons 3, from what I have found out, encompasses volumes 18 through 27 of the manga. So we have quite a few more volumes of the manga that be released here in English before you know we're caught up to where Seasons 3 ended. Uh, honestly, after after this discussion, I, I know I said I wanted to watch the anime, but like, I don't know. I, if I watch the anime, I'm very tempted to just start at Season 3. Fair enough. Mm. I mean, I started from the beginning i'm kind of almost done with the first few seasons of the anime now so i probably will head into season three pretty shortly because i definitely want to read more of uh, what's going on yeah i mean the only reason i haven't read past volume 17 was just because that was just the perfect cutoff for me in particular like i really didn't want to risk like reading up to the newest volume and be like stuck in the middle of a match or whatever because that that would have just bothered the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, volume 19 does end in the middle of a match that is, like, pretty frustrating. Like, I want to know what happens here. So. Like, like oh. just just me personally, I, I hate being in the middle of storylines, especially when it's a series where I where the release is so, like, erratic. Because um, I, I think there was a pretty big gap in between, like, volumes 17 and 18 in particular. Yeah, yeah, there was couple of months yeah like, like like i think if volumes 18 and 19 got released like this year and then volume 17 got released last year yeah within a month of each other wow <laughs> yeah again they take weird breaks with this one i'm just hoping they don't end up i mean i'm i want to assume it's doing well enough for them to keep going uh but i'm i'm hoping personally they don't just drop it like they ended up doing with seemingly with uh hosuki mm, yeah you'd have to hope that this series has just enough of a fervent following that the fans will continue supporting this release i mean they're doing a good job i mean i noticed a few like little flubs in the letter in here and there you know words being misspelled or whatnot uh some awkward phrases because of uh, misspelled or omitted words but uh, generally you know it's still you know really uh well done and i think they've done a good job kind of balancing like you know presenting the poems uh, in japanese while providing the english translation oh yeah you know kind of alongside that as well you know kind of keeping some terms intact but also working in ways to identify like what these means you know terms like odiski and uh, karvura and all that stuff so i mean something i've noticed at least is that there's way more passion around the anime than manga like i don't know maybe i'm just not following the right circles but definitely when the anime is airing i definitely see a whole lot of fervent like passion about it but then when it's yeah, not... Yeah, I mean, I think it's because the anime was the one that was available for uh, years okay. before we that ever got the manga. And we only got the manga starting in 2017. Oh, okay. Like, it's, you know, we the anime was already out both seasons for years by that point. And again, Kodansha 
does not keep it on a consistent release schedule, nor do they really promote when new volumes come out. And until earlier this year, they hadn't even gotten past content that was covered by the first two seasons. So, and even now they're still behind. So it makes sense why, like, the anime, I mean, outside of the fact that it is beautifully made and uh, just incredibly produced, uh, you know, it makes sense why people focus on that more than the manga. But I think the manga has strengths, uh, you know, to itself that also makes it incredibly valuable to read, you know, over the anime too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, honestly, we, we should really be blaming Madhouse because if they didn't come out with another season, Kodansha would be way, way, <laughs> way more than caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so play Madhouse, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think the thing is like one, the anime is way more accessible. Like a lot of a lot of people have access to stuff like Crunchyroll and High Dive and whatnot, which I believe the anime is available on both services. And then yeah, High Dive in an English dub too. And again, I've seen a bit of the dub too, and I have to give credit to Sentai for also making that work, considering you know the cards are all in Japanese and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like cultural things that are you would think would be hard to can't translate, but they did a really good job. That's amazing to me that this series got a dub. Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, hopefully they dub season three too. I mean, obviously compared to the manga, like you know, unfortunately at this point the manga only has a digital only release, and I I know there are people out there who would love to see this physically, but. I don't know. I'm not sure it's how. It's a bit yeah. unwieldy. I mean, again, it's over 40 volumes, not over yet. And yeah, it's just a bit difficult. Like, even though the series is so beloved, it is still a bit of niche and obscure when in the larger anime manga fandom. So it is kind of a risk, I imagine. I mean, they would have to do like omnibus editions or something for this, I feel like. I don't know, but I, I, I think I think Chihaya Furu, as far as I could tell, is in a it's in a pretty decent place as far as availability goes, thankfully, just as long as Kodansha doesn't stop the releases anytime soon. Cause, yeah. cause I mean, look, I, I wanna read more of this and I and I need more of this. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, who knows when it'll make more of the anime too. So I mean, maybe the manga eventually might be the only way to finish the story. I mean, there was a there was a pretty big gap in between seasons two and three, if I'm assuming correctly. Yeah, because season two came out in 2013. We just got season three last year, so six year gap, and you know, who wow. knows uh, how long it'll be. I mean, there's plenty of manga, you know, left for them to adapt for future seasons. And from what I've heard from kind of like the grapevine in terms of spoilers, like the manga could be approaching like an end game-ish territory uh, in terms of like where it is at now. So it might, we might even see it end in a few years. So, uh, but I mean, that remains to be seen. But hopefully, you know, there's enough, you know, passion, enthusiasm and interest for both the English release of the manga to finish and for future seasons of the anime to be made to complete the story. It is worth mentioning that, uh, and we we had to look this up off mic the other day, but uh, uh, Suetsugu did mention at one point that uh, that she was planning on having uh, Chihayafuru to last up until at least uh, last October, and obviously... It's gone past that. Yeah, obviously it's still going, Uh, so, (laughs) you know, who knows at this point. I think that would a grain of salt. I had heard that Madhouse even did season three because they thought it was ending soon, but then, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but <laughs> even though they're super behind, I guess maybe the plan was like, okay, it's ending. Now we can start pumping out seasons a little bit more annually and then finish it off. But then, yeah, that happened. 
I'm I'm assuming that season three still leaves it open for another adaptation, hopefully down the line. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. And unfortunately, it, it's like it's hard to discuss it since it's, I, I had no idea that Lo Kodansha was that first of all, it was like this far behind from the anime. <laughs> so it's like it's it's hard to really like talk about it too much without spoiling people, I guess. So <laughs> but Well, yeah. it ends at volume twenty seven, from what I've heard. So there are forty three volumes, so there's enough for, you know, uh two more seasons, uh, with the amount of manga that's still there. Um, we should probably actually get back to talking about the series proper, because uh, I don't think we've talked about Taichi too much yet. Yeah, Taichi is probably my favorite character in terms of his arc, because he starts out, you know, he gave up on Karuda because, you know, he played a bit in middle school, but he was like on the verge of giving up because he just never thought he would become as good as Arata. He never thought he could become like someone who could be like up to a master level. And then, you know, watching Jiaya's determination, you know, win her, you know, A-class match, like, that inspires him to also get back in and try. And I really like Taichi's whole arc of, like, he is trying so hard, and he is, you know, very good, like, at the top of a B-class, but he just keeps losing tournament after tournament, you know, coming in second, just runner-up, and just not having that lucky break to, you know, win the match he needs to move on to A-class. And then that kind of culminates with him just finally clearing his head of like all of the things that are distracting him and just like focusing on the game. And that kind of allows him ultimately to get the winning streak he needs to like win a B-class match that he needs to, you know, finally move on to A-class. And that's very satisfying. But his growth doesn't even stop there because he continues improving. And at the Fuji Sake training camp, like Fuji Sak- uh, Sakurazawa notes that, no, not that, not even that at the tournament uh, before that, like there were two players who did not lose any matches, like Taichi and Arata. So Taichi has really, really come a long way by that point. And, he con- and I'm really, really interested in how he continues to improve. While we're talking about Tai Chi, I just want to say I I really love the way this series kind of like explores and delves into that feeling of like self doubt and like that 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 feeling of like always being inside your own head and like how claustrophobic that can feel. Like I, I feel like I feel like Suetsugu does a really great job of like representing like how that feels through her art. Because there, there are a lot of moments when, where, like, you know, sometimes, like, uh, the characters will be in the middle of the match, uh, middle of a match, and, you know, they'll constantly, you know, think about, like, what their next move should be, always anticipating it and, you know, wondering whether what they're doing is, like, the right thing to do, whether it's the right move to make, or, like, you know, sometimes characters will lose a match, and I know there was a, I forget which match it was, but I know there was a match in particular where Chihaya, I think, loses, if I remember correctly, and she, 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 like, hides herself in a cupboard and, like, just kind of has to deal with, you know, that feeling of, like, loss and, like, basically how to move forward from there. And I remember just, just feeling how, like, tangible that, like, feeling of loss and isolation felt, like, I, I think Soetsugu really uh, dives into those emotions very well and explores them very well. Mm-hmm. Very powerful emotions uh, in the series in terms of like people being very invested in their craft, their sport. 
and then just the devastation on just the anxiety both within the matches and outside of whether they can like achieve the results they want or live up to the expectations that other people have set upon them which is often the case of Chihaya's rivals is that Chihaya's rivals in the series all, all have like some sort of expectations placed on them that they're going into ma- matches with that baggage and then during the matches like playing Chihaya they ultimately you know kind of let go of that baggage and just focus on the game and you know have fun playing Karuta which is very interesting like recurring tread between all Chihaya's opponents yeah I mean uh, I, I again just going back to Tai Chi like I'm going to say I feel like I've been the most satisfied with his arc so far, just because of where he ends up. Because like, you know, because because you have him going to going to individual tournaments and stuff, you know, on his own, try constantly trying to get better, and just having him like constantly hitting hitting this dead end where some points he just feels like you know what's the point of all this? Like I'm not getting any better, and I'm not like. I'm 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 not like rising above the ranks like I'm not class A yet and it's just it's just it's such a like it's it's such a hard journey for him and I don't know just so, so, something about this about his journey to class A like really was was really heartbreaking at points. Mhm, definitely. They are repeating that journey to class A at least in season 3 with uh Rekuroken, the their rival from Hokuo as well who, like, just can't catch a break. It's the same exact thing in terms of Karuta with Taichi. Can't catch a break. He has the ability, but, like, he has this uh, performance anxiety or or whatever the mental luck is. But, like, these two are good enough to be in Class A. They probably beat in Class A players in these team matches, but they just, like, keep failing in some sort of very disappointing way. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I guess uh, I, I want to ask everybody here. I, I feel like Lum and I have been talking a lot, and I, I kind of want to use this opportunity to ask everybody here. You know, uh, I guess aside from the main three, do we have any like other side characters that uh, were that we were invested in, or that we kind of want to talk about? Or I would say the current queen, mm. Shinobu. Yeah, yeah Shinobu is great. Yeah, I love Shinobu. She's probably my other favorite character, honestly. Yeah, she, like, uh, unfortunately it's not, it's in season three that we kind of get a little bit on her arc, which I thought was really satisfying. I mean, I don't know how deeply I want to go into it, since again, that's way far out, <laughs> but... Like, like, as far as, like, a conclusion, or... <laughs> sort of! Sort of! That's interesting. I would say, like, a, a growth, a continuation, maybe. Yeah, yeah. continuation. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like, like, we see her, I mean, up in... We up until now, she's just kind of like been this goal, and not. I mean, she has her character, of course. I'm not relegating and her. We saw her backstory in uh, season two. Like we know that you know, like uh, as a kid, like you know, her mom like kind of went back to live with her grandmother, who is a politician, and her grandmother is like, well, Shinobu has to you know find something that she you know, can devote herself to and then, like, make a career out of that. And then she notices that Shinobu, you know, takes to playing Karuta just because of the illustration. She's like, oh, you like this? Well, then you're going to have to get good at it. And so then Shinobu starts playing Karuta competitively. And ultimately, though, because she becomes so good, she, 
can't, you know, hang around with her old friends anymore because she gets too good for them. And so she's like taken away from them. And because like they want to force her to, you know, play good players, you know, to get better. So she can't hang out with her friends. And that causes like oh complex with her where it's like, you know, I don't need anyone else or any friends. I just need to people to play against who are like stronger than me. And that's all I care about. Yeah, and I think she kind of, at least a little, as uh, Corey said, she kind of, like, gets out of that a little bit with Chihaya. Not, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say to a point that she's, like, completely free of that, you know, because that, that's her upbringing. So it's like, I don't think it's a thing right now that she's, like, completely out, like, rebelling against them. But thanks to her association with Chihaya, she's kind of seeing, wait, I can have, you know, friends and enjoy this thing. I have this thing I am really good at. And enjoy it and have friends, too. Yeah, she can have a life outside of Karuda. Yeah. I do like that moment during the individual tournament where uh, Chihaya ultimately loses to Shinobu. And she she thanks Shinobu for, for not taking it easy on her, you know, because of her injury and whatnot. And for going all out where, you know, obviously Sh- Shinobu, as we see, has had a hard time with other people her age as a kid because you know she she doesn't go easy on anyone else she's playing and that makes basically all the other kids not want to play with her well i mean the adults tore her away from the other that's that yeah that's true i don't know like i i just i just love i i love the shinobu chihaya rivalry and like and what they kind of do for for each other's growth as people because obviously Chihaya wants to be able to be on on the same stage as Shinobu with her being the queen and and kind of be her equal in a sense and then you know Shinobu is also always looking for people who can actually challenge her and you know Chihaya may or may not be at least as far as I read may or may not be somebody who can and uh and and, and again is somebody who uh, at least Chihaya for Shinobu is somebody who appreciates, you know, that she's gone all out and, you know, actually, and, and not taking it easy on her, which is nice. And she's, she's not completely isolated, you know, in the field of competitive karta, which I'm sure is, you know, a, a, in some ways like a freeing feeling. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but as far as Mizusawa goes, I'm pretty partial to uh, Komano in particular. Yeah, Destomu. Yeah. Yeah. Very good arc as well. Like, very satisfying. Like, he starts out, you know, also very unsure of his abilities. But what gets him to join the club is that Taichi also tells him, you know, I might be, you know, so smart, but, you know, I don't know if I can become the best in Karuda, but that okay i'm playing it because i'm having fun doing it and that gets Tsutomu to also join because he realizes okay well if i can have fun and i can have a community uh, you know even though i am not the best at this then maybe there is something in that but you know he still has a complex and where it's like oh am i just being used like at the first tournament you know he's losing all his matches and he's hearing about like other people everyone's strategy of like oh let's put uh this Tomu against like the other team's really good player so that you know we could you know work the matches in a way that we could like come out of uh, with an advantage and he's like am i just here to be you know a seat filler like do you really even need me and then they kind of just prove like their team solidarity and that they you know do care about him they do need him and then eventually he starts to think to himself about like what he can do to the team and that 
doesn't just involve like him getting better personally but also he makes some personal sacrifices you know he gives up his spot on the lineup to Sekupa for a while just so he can do research on the other teams and other players so we could come up back with some data to help his teammates out which is really really satisfying and so I really like that arc. Like, he does improve. He does, like, uh, get better as a player. But he also, you know, finds ways to help out his team that, you know, are kind of outside of himself, you know, being involved in matches too, which is really, really cool. In that sense, he kind of reminds me of uh, Osamu from uh, World Trigger. Yeah. I was going to say Billy Bean from Real Life Baseball, but that's <laughs> my sports <laughs> brain. <going back. laughs> Um, I guess, um, Corey or Jekka, do you have any characters you want to spotlight at all, or? I mean, I agree with, uh, Sutomu, and I do also kinda like Nikuman, but only because he kinda seems like a, kinda like the big brother of the group. Yeah. Somewhat. Like, he has experience and everything, and he has a rivalry with, um, Aruta, and it's like... I don't know. He's usually there for like support. Like he seems mean at first, but it, I don't know. I he grew on me a lot. <laughs> he's a very tough love kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. Like he's very you know honest with how he's feeling. Like when he tells Yahaya, like, "Hey, you kind of gave up on this car too easily when it was contested. You need to fight to you know say this card was yours you can't just give up on those too easily got to be more aggressive and then of you know with uh, destomu when he gets worried that destomu is like not gonna you know play in the matches he like gets really upset and is like come on you're part of this team why don't you want to play if you you know stop wanting try stop wanting to play you'll just like fall out of it and he's like thinking back to his own experiences you know being in the tennis club in middle school because like you know he was just so afraid of like losing that he just did something else but then you know he realizes that like why Destomu did what he did and that the information that Destomu told him like helps him out of his magic he's like and so when he comes back after winning he's like hey you're gonna play in the next round right please you're gonna play and then they all hug each other it's just really really sweet I really like his relationship with uh Destomu and like the his role in the group in particular like of all the characters like he's the most invested in Mizusawa like as a as a team like really winning yeah i really like that he's like he's really talented he's like he plays karuta def- karuta def- defensively yeah and but he gets shaken up really easily like i can identify with that like he's really <laughs> good at this thing and you would think he would be an ace but then he gets in there he's like his mind just goes blank he's like crap crap what am i supposed to do <laughs> and, and, and it's like i like that about him you know that, that yeah um like uh nikoman kun is like i i had i told i hadn't even thought about that but yeah I, I like him as that just being that kind of relatable where it's like you should be good at this thing and when you go there you've got the mindset to be good at this thing and then you just it just goes blank or what to do and i i i like that i like that aspect of him i do that he is the big brother but he's not like infallible. He has his like he has his own issues too, you know. Uh what about you, Corey? Uh yeah, just to say someone different. Um I actually have liked Hanano's character arc so far. Like she joined the team just to be um or just to try to get date Taichi because he was the cute upperclassman. But like seeing everyone else's enthusiasm, seeing everyone else's work into Kakuta, she's gotten really into it. She 
eventually, like, she was, um, manicuring her own nails, having them look very nice, but she eventually clips them just so she can play Kagura Beggar. Uh, and then by the end of, or by the middle end of the third season, she actually wants to do scouting and stuff for the rest of the team. Like, she's really grown into not just liking Taichi, who she realizes has this major crush on Chihaya since the sixth grade, um, but she she also wants to just help the team and learn about Karuta and stuff like that. Yeah, I was worried about her at first because her motivation and like her personality seemed like so shallow, but she really did kind of grow to become like a team player and like become genuinely interested in Karuta like beyond Taichi and like care about the success of the team. And so, like, even in the first tournament, like, where she helps this team, like, go scouting other players, and then later in the individual matches, like, she wins her first couple, and then she's like, oh, maybe I can be really good at this, and then she still loses. But then afterwards, when they come back, you know, she makes this escalation, you know, I'm not going to be in D-class forever, I'm going to get better at this, too. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah, honestly, she's the type of character that I don't really like. But, like, by the end of season three, I was like, oh, man, you made me like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought she was pretty annoying at first, too. But she, she's really coming to her own. I, I appreciate where her character goes. Um, and I guess while we're talking about the other first years, I, I, I'm pretty partial to Sukuba myself. I'm a sucker for actual, like, older brother characters, like, the, the, the kind of characters <laughs> who, like, have younger siblings who, like, their their thing is they, they want to be someone that their younger siblings can, like, look up to and whatnot. I'm always a sucker for that archetype, so I, I already love him, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where... He he really he really has like his shining moment where he can look cool in front of his brothers, but arguably that 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 moment probably comes all the time for them because his brothers think he's cool no matter what. So and that's nice. True. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. I, I I did appreciate how like because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he he won like the class D tournament, didn't he? Or he he or at least he got pretty far. No, I think he did win a class D, and then he got graduated to class C. Like, that was a really big tournament for Mizusawa because, you know, they won, like, three divisions between Taichi winning, like, Class B and then uh, Kamano winning Class C and then uh, Sukuba winning Class D. So, yeah, I mean, that was pretty great. They they really cleaned the, they really cleaned the house, you know? Yeah, on top of winning the team <laughs> a part of the tournament, too. Like, they uh, had a really great streak there. I guess, do we do we have any, like, particular matches that, like, stick out in our minds that we like want to talk about at all or any any other teams we want to talk about because personally i'm i really enjoyed their earlier match with um with hokuo in particular i think i, I think besides mizuzawa i think hokuo was probably my like my favorite my, my other favorite team we definitely know the most characters from hokuo too yeah like we yeah. know at least three players from there so it's kind of very easy whenever we check on in on them to be like oh yeah these are what these guys are doing especially since like of the secondary characters from other schools like lero is the guy we see the most and you know has like a pretty consistent rivalry with tai chi so it's always fun whenever he pops up too and seeing like him also you know try and work hard too I appreciate that Lero isn't, like, because I feel like in any other series, he could easily just be, like, the butt monkey. Like, everybody just kind of, you know, makes jokes at his expense or whatnot. But I, I like that he's also, like, he's not as good as everyone else, but, like, he's still a competent player. Yeah, and he has his pride as well. Like, he 
you know, kind of refuses to, like, accurately use his cards to come up with a winning matchup during the uh, tournament. His Lyra cards. Yeah. He, uh, he, he kind of doesn't do it. And, like, when he's, like, questioned about it, he's like, because I don't want to win, like, so cheaply, you know. we I want us to prove that Hokuo is the best in, like, fair, like, matchups. And that was a really cool moment, even though he doesn't, like, win his match. Like, his determination does kind of inspire, uh, especially the team captain, to, like, give his all. And then Hokuo does come out with the win. That was actually pretty cool. I also like how in the bonus comics, how uh, I think it's I think it's Chitose or someone else, or it might actually might be Hanano who who uh, who points out at one point that uh, uh, how uh, how Lero is the only one with a girlfriend. Yeah, I mean that's another great thing about the bonus <laughs> comics. It actually tells like how uh, Lero and uh, Nishida's sister actually get together, which is not something you would know if you would read the main manga. Like actually how they got together, but that's actually told through several of like the bonus comics at the back of the volumes. It's really funny that that worked its way into the main story. I I, I like how Hanano is always like, "There's not enough romance in the story." <laughs> <laughs> there is the comedic like side story too where everyone is like oh who would you rather date uh or the guys are like who would you rather date jihaya or kana and then um we go over to or they all say kana obviously and then they, we go go over to uh the girls and it's like who would you rather date uh, out of the boys and then jihaya says kana too so <laughs> Oh yeah, and then and then like when they say no, you can't answer that. You gotta answer. Ser- you gotta take this seriously. And she's like, "Can I answer this seriously?" Well then, and then you know they stop it there because like, no, 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 we can't actually rule this. Of It'll course. mess up the story. <laughs> oh boy, I guess uh, I'm I'm having a see the 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 problem with also I mean for me reading Shiafu is I feel like. Other than like a handful of matches, I'm I'm trying to remember them right now, and I feel like they all kind of blend together for me, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to yeah. like kind of about like the key moments more than like the moves in the match itself. It's like kind of like the context surrounding the match that is like memorable more so than like how the game was actually played. Like, I was thinking about it, and all I could really think of is the first match with um. When Chihaya, Taichi, and Arata were playing in the um the club, what is that called? Uh, yeah, and they were like playing together, so it was three on three, and that was like their first game together. Uh, I, I I loved I I loved yeah. that moment where, <laughs> you know, obviously the, in the very beginning they're all like so broken up about possibly never seeing each other again because you know some of them have to move and whatnot. And then, you know, they, they don't hang out for a bit. And then, you know, uh, Taichi and Arta send Chihaya a team t-shirt. And oh my, 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 my first thought was, one, I need this t-shirt. Two, I can't believe I'm crying at work right now because I was reading this at work. It was a big mistake. God, look, I, I cannot... Yeah, I cannot... I, no, go, go yeah, ahead, Yeah, I can't... No, 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 I was just saying, you know, I agree with you. It's like... I guess that's one of the other reason why I really enjoy it. Like, weirdly enough, is that the big moments or what? Like, 
make the games stand out rather than being a bunch of games. Like, the only one I can really think of, again, most likely because I, well, not most likely, but I know because I just watched season three, is the whole, the matches around, uh, Inokuma. Uh, I, I really like her. Oh, Inokuma is so cool. Like, I've only just got into her, but I really like her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like... I mean, of course, it sucks. I can't really get into it because this is past where the manga is, and, I mean, we're not everybody's seen season three yet. But, yeah, uh... Inokuma, Ino, hmm, why am I such a problem to pronounce your name today? <laughs> Inokuma, like, like her whole thing, everything that, everything surrounding her in season three was amazing from, you know, her, of course, having kids and she was a former queen and, you know, her, even, it shows that even the adults in the series, it's not just the kids that are trying to figure out, okay, what, what are we doing? What are we, you know, what, even her being like, you know, should I still be doing this with kids? And, you know, I, I should be focused on them or other things, right? And her kind of going back and forth with that, that I found that really compelling because, like, obviously I read, I mean, I read a lot of shonen, so I don't get much of that. But having that adult with their own kind of issues, even in this competitive sport, where usually it's the adults are self-assured, it's the kids that are, like, you know, trying to sort out what they want to do with their future even and it, I just like the idea that even as an adult with children, you know, we're we're in the shonen manga. That's that's the end goal. Even she's still there, just wondering too, like, what am I doing? What I should be doing at this point? And basically figuring stuff out. Yeah, that whole season three I really like just because it shows that uh, adults are definitely not put together, but they can also uh, have these dreams that these these young people also have, and they can try to achieve them. Like between Inokuma. Haraga, um, I forget the Harada person. sensei as well? Yeah, Haraga sensei uh, I forget the person's name, but the one who was in Nikomon-kun's society. Uh, she was also a former queen or queen oh, calendar. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, oh, her yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Too. Oh, she, her, her story was really cool, too, because she kind of lost all her confidence and then, you know, playing Shihaya, like, kind of, all our opponents eventually are. They Her passion to win is rekindled. So, I really like her story, too. And Shihaya's got that talk no jutsu. And even when she's, <laughs> even when she's not talking, <laughs> Naruto can learn a few things from her. <laughs> she's at a point where she doesn't even have to talk to do the talk no jutsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all mental. <laughs> it's all just through action. It's like, oh, she's not paying attention to me. She's paying attention to the cards. Why am I getting upset over this? Do I care? Oh, I do care. I'm gonna win. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, I, I like that. Long pointed that out because I actually forgot about her character until just now. And now I remember. Yeah, she was that one. Who was like, she was, she was already one step foot out until she was in Chihaya, and then she was just like, wait a second, I, I. I love this game. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> and, and I like that moment of just clarity where she was like, yeah, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. And I think that just, I, I, I know this sounds like a, a sum up and maybe I should save it to them, but I have to say it before I forget, which is like, I just like the idea that the series is about everybody finding that one thing they can just dedicate themselves to. And I think that's what Sui gets to said at one point is that, that she was part of the Karuto club in high school. And she realized it was at that time that everybody was able to dedicate themselves fully to something. 
And whether you're into the competitive game or not, I just like the idea that this manga is about that, which is finding... I mean, yes, in this, in, in Chihayafuru, it is about Karuta, which is fine, but I just like the idea that the moral of the story, more or less, is find that one thing that you're just completely dedicated to and, put, and just put everything you got towards it. There are going to be times where it's tough, there are going to be times where you're going to want to give up, but you're, there's always that passion. As long as you have that, you can keep going. But anyway, I'm sorry for wrapping up so early. That is really one of the coolest parts about Chihayafuru is that it is just so inclusive. Like, the sport is not stratified into different divisions of age and gender, generally. Like, anyone can play this game. And so you can have, like, little kids, like, oh, that one little girl, Lilika. And then you could have a mother of two being, like, one of the main rivals for Chihaya on her path to being queen. And that's so cool and so rarely seen in any sports series. And it just makes Chihaya feel really special in that regard as well. Or you could have, you know, other foreigners, you know, play Karta as well. Well, they weren't really foreigners, but that was also a really good story. Like, they were mixed-race kids, other kids who were born in Japan. Yes, But because, me. you know, they weren't, like, ethnically Japanese, you know, they were treated differently and like they were foreigners, and so they had trouble making friends. But they all fell in love with this very Japanese game of Karuta, and they became really passionate about it. And then through the match, like, they found camaraderie with the Mizusawa players and that was such a sweet moment like at the end even though they lost like everyone wrote on the uh, whiteboard hey thank you we want to play you again and so that was so sweet too and all yeah it was also again I really like that inclusiveness aspect of it that the series will go out its way to show that Karuta has a universal appeal and no matter like anyone's background you know they are all united like on the playing field with just their sincere love of the game mm-hmm I just wanted to bring up because I was looking through, uh, I was looking through Lum's thread now of uh, of their thoughts on particular volumes of Chihaya Fru, and I have to say, Volume Eight is probably one of my favorite volumes, just because of, uh, and I think, you know, Lum talked about it in their tweet about how that volume really kind of explores that that feeling of like you know defeat and how you basically kind of reel from that feeling, and uh, I, I thought there were a lot of good moments. Uh, expressing that feeling yeah using like the negative emotions you know feelings of frustration and like desperation grief and channeling them into positive endeavors and using those you know feelings of frustration to better yourself and improve and achieve like that is such a really inspiring lesson and message uh that the series explores that i really appreciate like we haven't we haven't talked about harada sensei at all yet um, but I, I think that, I think that might be, that might be my favorite moment with him so far, where basically he's trying to teach Chihaya, like, good sport, good sportsmanship, essentially, like, hey, you should always, you should always practice good etiquette, even when you're frustrated at your loss or whatnot, so. Definitely. Um, but I guess, um, I know, I know we're kind of probably running a little low on time, but, uh, I guess, was there, was there anything else we kind of wanted to bring up before we... Uh, eventually get into like uh twitter questions and whatnot or 
there's a lot to talk about with the series, but because it's just so long and dense, it's almost hard to figure out like where to start with in terms of what to hone in on in particular. I think that though we've done a good job of like covering kind of the broad basics of like why Chihaya Fru is special and what we love about the series and its characters and its appeal. And the fact that, you know, even if you don't know much about Karuda or, you know, much about the cultural context behind it, like it is really immediately compelling and captivating to get into. And I think we'd all highly recommend it to everyone to check out because beyond the game, it's self like every great sports anime like every great series at its heart is its characters which are all incredibly compelling and the emotions that these characters experience like that are tied into their experience of playing the game and their dreams like those are universally relatable you will find like someone in the series whose experiences you can kind of resonate with and that will draw you in into understanding and like appreciating like why these characters are so invested in this game and you will become invested as a reader in their path into you know achieving the success that they desire Mm -hmm. yeah um i guess just for myself i i all i really want to add to that is that you know if if for some reason you're listening to this and you haven't read chihaya furu or checked out the anime or whatnot and you're thinking to yourself well you know, how am I supposed to get into a series about a game that I've never heard of if you've never played or heard of Karta? Like, I would say don't worry about it. Like, if you don't worry if you don't understand the rules of Karta right away, because that, that was kind of my big worry with getting into the series was whether I would have a hard time um, feeling invested in what was going on. And I think for I'm going to say about 90 percent of the time I I didn't have that problem. Like, th- like I said earlier, there there may have been a few times where maybe I don't understand particular rules or I don't always understand certain moves the characters make during games. But uh, for the most part, like, uh, I, I like I said, I, I think it's the character's passion for the game and how and like their 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 journey and growing as people and as competitors in in this game that like that really made me feel like I wanted to keep going with reading this thing. Really kept me invested. So. There's that. Yeah, as was mentioned previously, uh, this this manga, uh, this anime is much more about the characters. The Igachi um, comp was very very good because like Igachi manga is usually about baseball, but like it's not really about baseball. I don't learn anything about baseball <laughs> while I'm reading those. Exactly. Well, like if you watch *Ace of Diamond*, that that anime is about baseball. If you watch *Kuroko's Basketball*, that anime is about basketball. Um, but if you watch Chihaya Furu, this is about Chihaya Taichi and all of their friends. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think drew me to it as somebody who, and I, I can be a testimonial as somebody who really doesn't like sports manga or anime. I was drawn to this because I just wanted to see the characters be happy. <laughs> so I just wanted to see them. I mean, like, they could be doing anything, and it's just like, I would want them to be to be happy because I think it's just the way it helps to that the pacing is very deliberate, but not so much that it's slow. Like you get all the information you need before, during, and after a match, and then the character moments come in. Because like season three, I won't. I mean, I can't say for sure there were more or less games in season three, but I definitely feel like the character moments stood out a lot more, and there was more of a thing where you knew these things were going to happen to these characters 
And it felt like season three was kind of the payoff, you know. Not to say that season one and two, like, okay, just sit through it because season three is great. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that. But definitely it feels like a lot of the emotional payoff and a lot of, like, watching these characters grow, you know, a lot of that came into play in season three. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like there's a good comparison with Adachi where it's like, it is, but I, I would definitely say Chihayafuru is more, it does focus more on the sport than, like, Adachi stuff, which is, like, it is about this thing, but not really, as Corey said. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think it's safe to say we all pretty much highly recommend Chihayafuru, and uh, there's a reason why so many people uh, love this series, and I can definitely see why at this point, so. Yeah, and I am excited to, you know, continue to read, watch more of it. And so, yeah, hopefully uh, Kodansha continues putting out volumes and more anime gets made. Like, I really am here for the end game of the story. Like, I want to read it through to the end. I want to see Chihaya become queen. Mm -hmm. um, I believe you can buy the manga digitally on Bookwalker. Bookwalker, com Comicology, uh, Kindle. Yeah, wherever Kodansha sells digital volumes. And uh, we, we mentioned earlier you can watch the anime on, like, Crunchyroll or High Dive, or uh, I should mention Verve as well. If you have, like, a Verve subscription, you basically have access to both Crunchyroll and High Dive. So either either way, you have you have plenty of ways to watch Chihaya Furu. So there's that. But now we'll round off the show with uh, some more discussion because we got quite a few uh, questions between uh, Twitter and Reddit. I think we'll start off with our Twitter question from uh, the Black Manga Critic who asks, if you each had to pick a favorite Karuta player from the series, who would it be and why? I feel like we kind of went over this a little earlier, what we're talking about a lot of the different side characters, but if you know, I mean, if there are any other characters we want to mention, we can think of uh, at the moment. Well, one character that I also am really interested and invested in right now is Rion. I think that she is really interesting in how she could only really play Karuta to, like, her best ability when it was, like, her grandmother, you know, being the reciter. But then, like, after her loss to... Chihaya, like, she, you know, decides she wants to get better, you know, for the sake of her team, for the sake of Fujisaki, so she can lead them to victory in the next year. And so she also starts, you know, doing really well. And, like, on the next day in the individual tournament, like, she makes it to, like, the final match of the uh, Class B. And she loses to Taichi, but even so, like, it is, like, a testament that she really you know, tried to succeed at this when before she was like, I wasn't really interested in Karuta that much. You know, I only played it as a kid to get rice and whatever. But then over the course of the Fujisaki training camp, you know, playing Chihaya a lot of times and also seeing how invested she is in winning, like she also starts to develop like the desire to also work her way to be the best player that she can be to on that path to queen them. And I'm really, really here for that. Like, I really think she's an interesting character and I, she's one of definitely one of my favorite uh, rivals for Shihaya in terms of like her character arc and, uh, you know, where it's going. Uh, can, can I also just say that that was something else I forgot to mention. I, uh, I guess out of any aspect of Karta, like I, I was really, I was really kind of uh I mean I, I I don't know if surprise is the right word but it just kind of it was just kind of interesting to me how it never occurred to me like how important the role of the reciter is and, oh, and yeah and how like how much training it takes to 
you know, become one so like good at their job. Uh, I, I, I really want to see where Kana's uh, journey uh, goes in particular, because obviously she's she's more into like the meaning of the poems and like how how they are spoken aloud and dictated. She clearly wants to be a reciter. And I I really want to see where that goes. Yeah, she wants to be the reciter at Jihaya's Queen match, which is a really cool idea. And yeah, she also has to work her way to being like a class A player before she can uh you know pursue like also going through all the work of like becoming like a professional reciter so like i'm also really really keen to see like her arc uh, continue and develop as well but that's also like a really cool aspect of the series is that they also show that the reciter's role is also a demanding job that takes a lot of skill and training to do as well as long as we're throwing out characters real quick, I just want to throw a quick shout out to both Sudo and uh, Suo, who 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 have very confusing names because they both sound so similar. <laughs> um, but but I I, oh, I, yeah. I really like both of their characters. Sudo being kind of kind of the leader slash big brother of uh, of uh, Hokuo, and then uh, Suo being uh, the current master who has like failed college, repeated last year college for eight years in a row or something. And like the entire Karuta Association are like, please, will you graduate this year? You're making <laughs> our sport look unrespectable. And they're just begging for someone to beat him so they can have a, a new, more respectable <laughs> Karuta master. <laughs> he's, he's, he's great. Suo is cool. Suo is fun. Like, they're both really similar characters, not just because of their name, because they're also kind of, like, antagonistic, teasing characters, or kind of a bit arrogant. And mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that's really about it for Twitter questions. We only got the one. Yeah, but we got quite a few questions over on Reddit, and there is kind of a similar thread of questions uh, between Techie49, uh, the Gaming Potato 32, and yeah, they both kind of ask like, how has the Kuruda community in Japan responded to this series? And did they bring more foreigners into the community? What does the Japanese community think about this? Did it increase uh, the amount of people playing Kuruda? Uh, I imagine that it probably did have a positive impact in you know promoting visibility of Kuruda and getting people you know interested in it in a more wider scale. But I wouldn't know, like, specifically how to measure that, necessarily. Yeah. At least if Wikipedia is to be believed, they, they say that competitive Kakarta has enjoyed a, uh, a bit of a resurgence due to, uh, due to Kikaiafuru. Yeah, actually, Excellent. actually, like, I think the directors had a thing on Crunchyroll where they outright said that, where that, like, comp- like at least in high school level, it's gone up thanks to Kikaiafuru. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot they I forgot they do have a behind the scenes documentary thing on Crunchyroll about Chiyafuru, which uh we should probably link in the show notes for anybody who wants to watch that. I haven't watched it myself, but uh I would like to at some point. Yeah, I, I watched it and yeah, they did straight up mention that it has caused more players to play. I mean unfortunately the foreign side of things, obviously I don't think they would know that. But they did mention that, yeah, it has had an effect. As far as the anime side goes, um, I I would be really interested in like what kind of research, if at all, they would have to uh, they put into like you know uh, in producing the show because I 
I mean, uh, I, I don't know, because, like, I, I'm just kind of wondering, like, how many how many people on the staff, like, responsible for the anime are already, like, familiar with Karuta and, like, how much research they have to put into maybe, like, uh, maybe, like, watching a ton of matches and, like, you know, representing, uh, I guess, representing the physicality of that, like, on screen and whatnot. Like, I'd be interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, definitely... Karuta games are kind of easy to find on YouTube, and when you see them, you can definitely see, oh, like, she Hayafuru isn't too far from reality in terms of, like, how fast these players move in this game and how, like, tense the mood is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, the staff did their research to kind of make that feel as naturalistic as possible. Some, sometimes, uh, sometimes the people, uh, the characters of Chihayafuru slap the tatami mat so hard that they spin out of control. <laughs> Re- referring to uh, meat buns or whatnot, Nishida. Um, then we have a question from Androx9 <laughs> about what we think about the friendship rivalry of Arata and Taichi. It's definitely interesting. Like, I, I, I'm maybe I'm reading this wrong, but like. I can't help but feel like it's probably a one-sided rivalry. Yeah, I don't think Arata really sees it, Taichi. I mean, I'm sure Arata sees Taichi as, like, a rival. Like, he gets, like, really energized to, you know, kind of play in uh, the tournament because he sees that Taichi has been winning, like, his matches, too. And so he gets really excited by that. But, like, Arata is, like, very amiable and and friendly to Taichi. But Taichi sees Arata as not just, like, a rival in Karuta, but more so as, like, his rival for G.I.'s affections. And even though Taichi is probably my favorite uh, character, I will say that I think that's the one aspect that I'm very frustrated with his character by is that he's just so jealous of Arata and the oh, fact yeah. that Chihaya likes Arata. I'm like, get over yourself, Taichi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Don't be so jerky to Arata. Like, he, there's this one moment where he sees that Arata is kind of interested in forming, you know, a team. And he, like, has a rude remark to him. was like, oh, I thought, so you have time to, you know, do your own team? Like, I thought you were just focused on, like, uh, individual matches winning, like, the master match. And, like, you know, he just does, like, some really puffy, jerky con. And then he's like, I mean, afterwards, he's like, man, why did I say that? But that was, like, a kind of stupid thing to say. But, like, I'm in the moment, like, geez, Taichi, don't be, like, such a jerk. Uh, there was, like, a moment earlier where they are like, meeting up. And then Taichi, like, was saying under his breath, like, I, he doesn't want to play against him or something. Something and Didn't to, he say, uh, I thought he said something like, like, I'll defeat you or something. Something like that. I don't remember. But he was, like, saying something under his breath that was, like, very, like, bitter at Arata, I'm like, geez, just let it go, dude. It's not his fault that Chihaya is just not into you that way. Like, let go. Jeez. I I guess now that you mention it, yeah, that is pretty weird, but it is, it makes for an interesting dynamic, at least. Like, I don't know, the the Arata-Taichi relationship is just, it's just interesting. I think I would like to see, like, more of them together and maybe Taichi not being, like, so standoffish to Arata. 
<laughs> so hopefully we will see more of that as the series goes on. And also, uh, I think we are due to like hopefully you know see them play against each other at oh, some I point, need that. Too, especially as Tai Chi keeps improving. Like they, he should like get mashed up with a rod at some point. So I, I really am curious to see when that happens. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to maybe kind of unrelated. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing like whether Arata loses a match or not, and like how he comes to like deal with that. Maybe he'll deal with it well, I don't know. <laughs> like 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 maybe he won't actually care. I don't know. I can't see him like getting too worked up over it too much. I guess it depends on who he plays. Our next question comes from Air Force Blue, who asks, has reading Chiafru made you look into the Yakunin issue? And if so, do you have any favorite poems? And if not, uh, any poem that stood out to us while reading the manga? Now this is this is this question's hard because like there there I know there have been like moments while reading Chihayafuru where like they'll like highlight a particular poem as it like relates to the stories and its themes and whatnot. And I and I like those moments, but like again, I feel like a lot of those moments like blend together for me and I, I've done a terrible job of like taking note of those moments in particular. <laughs> I have actually looked up some of the poems, but this was also, like, years ago, so I don't remember <laughs> any of them outside of the um, the actual Chihayafuru card, only because they also say that a lot in the anime, so it kind of just ends up drilling into your mind whenever it is, and you can recognize it, like, instantly, and you're like, oh, it's the Chihaya card, and yeah. Yeah, I'm with, Col- I'm with Colton, where it's like, I-, I had a moment on the top of my mind. Like, I feel like there there were a couple of times where I feel like they relate what's going on with the character to a poem, especially Kana, but I, I'd be damned if I can remember any of them. Because <laughs> there was one on the top of my mind that, like, I was thinking about it while we were talking, and I'm like, oh, I really like that moment and how they related it to the poem, but now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> uh, how about you, Corey? Anything? Uh, nope, I'm in the same position as everybody else. So clearly, Jack is the closest to being the Kanachan of the group. <laughs> hey. There is uh, one that I looked at, you know, some of these poems. Uh, I looked at the poems before we recorded to find an answer for this. There is one that stuck out to me just because it was like kind of about loneliness that I think dug in real deep. And I also think kind of describes Shinobu's situation pretty well. Uh, it's like the 34th uh, of the 100 poems. Uh, which starts off Tada o Kamo, uh, and the translation of it is like none are left to know me. Taka Sagu pines can never replace them, or like in another interpretation, who is still alive when I've grown so old that I can call my friends. So I just thought that was very kind of poignant and melancholy of like you know growing up and then becoming distant and alone from everyone else, just being left behind. But I mean, I. Uh, and I really liked uh, Kana-chan as well because I also liked her passion for history and literature. And it did make me want to kind of study up on the 100 poems. And I didn't have a whole lot of time before, you know, doing the podcast. But definitely this is an aspect of the series and just and something in general that I'd love to dig in deeper on and do more research on my own time. But we have a last set of questions from Bubbly Possible. So the first one is a prediction on when season four could be releasing. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think that would be pretty reasonable uh, in terms of like producing another season. 
It'd be like about a year after season three, which would totally work out. So if they started it like around now, they'd probably be close to finish by then. So mm, I mean, I, I I hate to be a downer, but I feel like we also. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We hope with with the current situation and anime being like postponed left and right. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I hate to be a downer too. I think it's I think it's possible. See, the only thing is with anime production is like it's hard to tell what what barometer they use. Besides, yes, because there are many anime that are like they're super popular but never get a season two, simply because like the staff isn't there or some person on the committee isn't interested in the season two. They're like, yeah, season one made enough more enough money. We don't need any more, you know, or we don't want to. Well, I say it that way. I'm joking a bit, but I mean, I'm saying it that way in the sense they didn't want to take the risk of making a season two that doesn't make money. <laughs> so I think that's that, fair. Yeah. So like, I it's it's weird. The fact that there was this huge gap, and clearly there's enough manga. So the fact that there was a gap between season two and three is interesting to me. I think it is reasonable what Jekka said that you know next year possibly. I could, if not, if not airing next year, I could see them announcing one next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I could see that. Yeah, like maybe you know around this. Yeah, around you know next year's time, they are maybe they're getting ready for doing another one. I mean, especially if if what it, what I heard was true that Madhouse was going to make only made more because they figured it'd be ending soon, so it'd be just the uh, lining up the lining up things and then ending it, you know. But since that didn't happen, I mean, if Suigetsu ends it soon, then we could see an announcement sooner rather than later. I wouldn't be surprised if on the final chapter there is an announcement for hey, more anime. <laughs> that that also may be likely too, honestly. Yeah, I mean I'm hoping they uh, make more pretty quickly, especially if the manga really does approach its conclusion soon. I mean Shugetsu may have been off the mark with when she thought it would end, but, you know, if it does really actually come to a conclusion uh, anytime soon yeah madhouse should like pick it back up to produce some final seasons but uh, the next couple questions from bubbly possible are who did we think would be playing in the yoshino tournament and who did we think would win and so the yoshino tournament uh to remind everyone was the first tournament in season three and uh, is in volumes uh 18 to 20 of the manga and so that was a cool tournament because it was kind of like a who's who of characters like returning all playing in one place, like kind of like a greatest hits of like uh, previous characters coming back. So I really like that aspect of it. And uh, yeah, I didn't expect like some of the characters that reappeared in that to come back. Like uh, Lilica, it was nice to see Yumin again, even though they were like the focus characters in that. But I was definitely, like, surprised, but very pleased with the final matchup of that tournament is. Although I have not seen the conclusion yet, since uh, the manga is <laughs> the last, uh, volume 19, uh, you know, stops in the middle of that match. But uh, what do you guys think of that uh, tournament? I agree with Lum. Like, as somebody, you know, I, I agree. I was really happy with how that tournament went. It was interesting to see it from the the go from beating to end like that, and again, I mean, overall, I was just satisfied with it. I mean, I I can't say that um there was something that oh well this should have happened or this happened differently than I was was expecting. I mean, I went into it with just okay, I'm I'm interested in seeing how this is gonna go, and I mean, I was satisfied with the results. 
There were definitely some losses that I didn't expect with like uh, Inukuma and Arata. I did not expect them to lose that. But it was very interesting how that ultimately ended up setting up that final match of that tournament. Which was something that was definitely bound to happen. Especially since, you know, a declaration was made that, you know, certain character wanted to play a certain character in a, you know, tournament and win. So we'll see. So I'm excited to see how that you know concludes when I get to it. Yeah, and so the final question we have to hear is uh, that Archihaya's poem said she wrote while hospitalized, a sign of love or merely admiration. And uh, th- th- this is referring to uh, near the end of volume 17, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this is the ending of season two. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a long-standing theory that uh, Kihaya does not actually like, uh, like in terms of love, um, Taichi or Arata. She just has too much Karuta in her brain to do that uh, from the comedic side, <laughs> yeah. but from like, yeah, from the serious side, she's like, she doesn't. That that, that stuff like isn't just registering with her because uh, because she just sees them as friends, uh, or at least she sees Taichi as a friend, and then. Arakta, she has this um, this admiration for him, uh, like a literal. She sees him as a literal Karakta god, as something to achieve within Karakta, rather than someone to love or even uh, a lesser amount, someone to be friends with. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I really want the final match of the series to be between Chihaya and Arata and Chihaya to like beat Arata to like truly like prove that she is like the strongest Karuta player in all of Japan. Mm, that would be pretty cool. Like I think that'd be really satisfying. Um I was gonna say about Chihaya's poems, I I will admit at first I was kinda like, ooh, what is this? A brew in here? I I, I got <laughs> I got I got kinda into it, but you know, Cor- Corey said it best and even even I was kinda like rethinking you know about the moment, and after some thought, yeah, I n- knowing Chihaya, I I like it's like I said, I I don't think she loves anyone but Karta, honestly. Um, that that that's her. Karta is her soulmate. I don't think she has. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she has actual love for any human being. If Karta were a human being, she would marry it. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I can. I can. But uh, that being said, I mean, I, clearly she has. She admires Arata and his skill, and I'm sure, you know, like Lum said, eventually we will get a match between the both of them, and uh, she will probably most likely win, and finally, she'll she'll probably be the one, you know, because I, I mentioned earlier, like, oh, well, it would be interesting to see how Arata deals with loss, like, it would be kind of, I think it'd be fitting if, like, Chihaya were the only one to ever actually beat Arata by the end. Well, I think the ship has sailed on that since Arata does lose matches. But ah, well, I mean, like important <laughs> matches, you know. I think even in season two, he loses a couple, but that that was just him getting into it. But then in season three, he has quite a few significant matches. Well, like I said, I mean, like important matches, matches that matter, you know. Save Colton. That's what I said. No, I don't know. I, oh, that's another thing I will say is that I really like that even though like strong players lose in the series, they don't like feel like they're jobbing, like because that's 
what I really liked about the Arata Shinobu match is that even though Shinobu lost that and she's, you know, supposed to be the queen best female player in uh, Japan, like, she still came out of that looking like a total badass. Like, in the manga especially, like, her declaration, like, after the match, like, Arata's like, Shinobu, you were playing with a fever? Wasn't that tough? And she was saying, like, no, I have to accept all challengers that's my responsibility because i'm the queen and it's just this big full page dramatic shot of her declaring that is just so cool so it's like i i think that the series does a really good job of like handling matches that way and not making any player come across like weak or like they're jobbing like like, like i said earlier they could have easily done that with lero and they don't so <laughs> But I guess unless anyone has any other stray thoughts, I think that's about it for questions. That is, and I think that will wrap up the podcast. I mean, uh, this was a really fun read and a really fun uh, conversation. And I want to thank you guys for coming on to talk about it with us. Hey, anytime. All right. But uh, yeah, this was, I agree with Lum. This was a good conversation. Um, go read Shihayafuru if we haven't convinced you already. Um, and if you're already a fan of Shihaifu and you're listening to this, I, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Um, and yeah, thanks everybody for sending in your questions and whatnot. And thanks to our guests for coming on. And, uh, yeah, I guess before we head out to the end of the show, uh, I want to let everybody kind of plug their stuff. Uh, you know, uh, we can let our first time guest Corey go first. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, you know, pl- please let everybody know like where they can find your stuff and where to find you online. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, you can find my sports anime podcast, Taiku Podcast, at Taiku Podcast uh, on Twitter, and you can find my manga podcast, Manga in Your Ears, on Twitter at Manga in Your Ears. Uh, very creative with their names, and you can find all of their episodes at Taiku Podcast. Uh, that's T A I I K U, and you can find me on Twitter at Impassionate K. That is a Chihayafuru reference. All right, and then uh, Jack and Bomber, thanks for coming on as well. No problem. Uh, both of you, please, please go ahead and plug your stuff. Go ahead, ladies first. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Jekka1021. Um, normally I'd plug in my YouTube channel, but I haven't actually uploaded anything on there in forever, so uh, it's the same name if you care. Uh, otherwise, I don't really do anything else. Um, I usually just look around, um, lurk around. Uh, currently, I am playing a lot of Switch games, so you probably won't see me at all. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's what a lot of people are doing at the moment. You know, besides uh, honestly, yeah. but besides <laughs> binging Netflix and listening to podcasts. So you know, uh, was that a wink and a nod, Colton, to you? <laughs> listening to podcasts like ours, maybe. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we, have, we have over a hundred episodes of pe- that people can listen to, you know. Um, we'll look at that when we get to that. Bomber, um, please plug your stuff as well. Jack has contributed to uh, Shonen Sunday um, blog that I have and Twitter at WSS Talkback and WSSTalkback.blogspot.com where I talk about Shonen Sunday stuff. Um, again, we are, I'm taking anybody who's interested in Shonen Sunday manga because I really want to promote the magazine so people will understand it's more than Conan and Takahashi. <laughs> so, uh, 
I'm anybody that's read Shonen Sunday series, even if they are Conan and Takahashi, please come and write about them because I am terrible at keeping up with domestic releases. I mean, Japanese releases, I'm I'm your guy, <laughs> but uh, domestic ones, yeah, I'm really terrible at that. Uh, Jekka has written a Conan article right now. The article that we have up is one for about Comey, which was written by our good friend Marion, which was super cool. Um, and then you can find me at Kirobon, which. It's mainly just my whining, so please don't go there, actually. <laughs> I feel obligated to include that, but you don't have to follow that. Just just ignore it. <laughs> just I mean, yeah, for anybody listening, and if you haven't already, like, please, please visit the, um, the Shonen Sunday Talkback blog, and please uh, fo- fo- follow the blog and follow the Twitter if you're a huge fan of Sunday, because if you're a fan of Sunday and you're not following Bomber stuff, you're really doing yourself a disservice, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, but but Bomber's really doing a great job as far as like keeping uh, keeping the Anguosphere, uh, you know, updated on the happenings of Sunday. So please go visit them if you can. And uh, yeah, again, like I said, thank you, thank you guys so much for coming on. And uh, I think it's time for us to wrap up the show. Thanks again to Corey Jekin Bomber for coming on the show to discuss Chihaya Furu with us. It was a really great conversation, and this is a series that I'd love to return to in the future. And I hope that we continue to get more of the story over here in both anime and manga form. Oh, please, I hope we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Chihaya Furu fandom is really passionate. They have kept the flame alive even during the long hiatus between seasons two and three. And definitely, I think there's a lot of interest, a lot of love for the series. And I am hoping that we, again, that support keeps the flame alive. Yeah, as as well as the hiatuses in between volumes, am I right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I do have some recommendations for some folks who want to check out more writings, more stuff about Chihayafuru, or even just learn more about the stuff talked in Chihayafuru in general. So, again, let's recommend the Taiku podcast because they have done several Chihayafuru episodes that do really deep dives on the anime and discuss everything they love about it. Corey is definitely one of the most passionate fans of the series, but also another one of the most passionate fans is Ink. And Ink was also on another podcast discussing Chihayafuru in depth called Anime is Lit. They did a Chihayafuru episode with him and also another guest who is actually quite knowledgeable, very passionate about the manga. And so they did a lot of interesting uh, analysis of the series just from the perspective of like its literary references, you know, the classical poems. Like they really brought a lot of interesting knowledge into it just from applying their love of history and classical literature. So I love that perspective on the series. It was a really fantastic listen and definitely very educational, you know, going into this discussion. So yeah, definitely check those out. But in general, if you want to learn more about the Japanese history, the Japanese culture discussed in Chihayafuru. One of my favorite Japan history podcasts is 
the History of Japan podcast. That's a podcast that I really love listening to and I really learn a lot about. And they've done several episodes on a lot of the poets discussed in Shihaifu, like Murasaki Shikabu and several, several others. So definitely if you want to learn more about some of the poetry in Shihaifu and where that originated from, you know, definitely check that podcast out because they've got several episodes on some classic poets that'll really kind of provide a new layer of insight to the references in Chiaifru, which is a ton of fun. And also, uh, for those who are kind of caught up on season three of the anime, Lauren Orsini did a great piece on uh, the character of Inokuma in a piece on anime feminist where they you know look at the character from the perspective of you know them they they themselves being a mother and then how they saw a lot of her experiences in Inokuma and her struggle to you know you know balance being a mother but also balance like her career and passion and just look at Chiai Furu's representation of a mother with young children who still breastfeeds and how that affects like the way she plays and a lot of the you know struggles she has like it's really really interesting a really great perspective a really awesome piece so definitely want to recommend that as well like Inokuma is definitely one of my favorites you know having gone and further into the series and I'm super excited to see more from her but this piece does a great job of exploring like another reason like why she's such a unique awesome character but yeah that about does it for my recommendations uh this time there's a lot of great you know folks doing great pieces on chai through having great discussions so definitely seek those out oh yeah i mean especially i'm gonna have to check out the history of japan podcast I, i i wasn't i mean i'm sure there are other japanese history podcasts out there but like i uh I wasn't really sure where to look, and I might have to start there, actually. That sounds sounds pretty neat. But that's pretty much it for all the Chihayafu-related community shoutouts. Uh, personally, I wanted to bring up so something we kind of brought up on the show before, but, like, you know, something that has recently finished is our, our good friend Grant, otherwise known as Grant the Thief on Twitter. Uh, you know, we... We previously mentioned uh, his One Piece read-through thread that uh, has, since its inception, has gained a lot of uh, a lot of attention from the One Piece fandom, uh, and has really encouraged a lot of um, interactivity amongst the fandom as well, which is really cool. Uh, but I, I am sad to announce that uh, that has recently just ended. Uh, Grant at this point is now caught up on One Piece. Finally, after after over two years of reading. Uh, he is now uh, caught up with everybody else, and uh, he had a lot of uh, things to say about that on his Twitter feed and whatnot. And uh, you know, it was uh, I, um, I, I kind of like dipped back like in and out of the thread. Uh, I didn't keep up with like everything. I might, I might actually go back and like read his whole thread, <laughs> or I guess at this point, a collection of threads because. Obviously, uh, tw- Twitter is not powerful enough to hold an entire thread on uh, on One Piece by itself. So, yeah, I think there are three separate threads. I like like three or four. I think three or four, maybe. Yeah, because I there were definitely two pre time skip, and then actually post time skip also must be two. So yeah, it's three or four for sure. I mean, we'll we'll leave links to all of his threads in the show notes for anyone who wants to check them out. 
I mean, it was an incredible two and a half year journey Grant went on. It's really awesome. Like, and to think that, you know, the daily One Piece chapter reviews from Grant, you know, that was like something we looked forward to for two and a half years. And now it's kind of paused now. But it's super cool to have Grant caught up and, you know, the tread isn't over because Grant will, you know, continue to read new chapters and hopefully That's continue true. to post his impressions of new chapters. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, him being right alongside the rest of us. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if Grant's listening, but if you are, Grant, uh, congratulations on being caught up. And uh, I can't wait for your next thread uh, because I, I know he's planning on doing more in the future and whatnot i mean just in general if you're not following grant i I think he's like one of the funniest best people you could follow on twitter quite honestly uh you know it's it's kind of a shame we haven't had him on the main show yet we need to fix that at some point oh yeah definitely i mean thankfully we've had him on uh we've at least had him on to talk about jojo during our manga mavericks book club series on the first part of jojo you know, not to bring up the Patreon too soon, but you know, if you if you want to if you want to listen to uh, listen to a podcast with Grant, maybe sign up for our Patreon at patreoncom slash Mavericks. Uh, we did at least three episodes on uh, on JoJo. Hopefully, we'll get back to JoJo once we're done with uh, with uh, Saint Seiya. That's what I would like to do anyway, because I would like to have him on for more JoJo. Yeah, V Lord, what podcast? What series should we have Grant on for? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, you you can't think of anything. Come on, <laughs> clearly Naruto. Not not not, not uh, okay. Not. But yeah, One Piece. That, that's has Grant read Naruto? Maybe that should be Grant's next tread. Maybe, but yeah. Or heck, Bleach is returning next year. Maybe it should be Bleach. Who knows? Who knows? I think Grant definitely wants to do Sailor Moon. That's what I saw him saying. I, I'm really looking forward to that when Grant starts that up. Yeah. Now, in general, you know, before One Piece, it was a Gintama. All of Grant's treads are really great. His analysis, his impressions of series are always so wonderful and thoughtful. I am looking forward to, you know, whatever tread he does next, whatever series he deep dives into next. And I can't wait for the day when we can have him on the show to discuss a series he loves with us. Oh, for sure. Um, also, one more Grant-related thing while we're talking about him. Listen to Blade Linking Thieves. Uh, yes, yes. As well. Again, we mentioned on the show before, it's a podcast he does with his friends, uh, Heat and Zen, where they basically talk about um, and, and basically all kinds of Eastern media from like anime to to wuxia, kung fu, martial arts movies and whatnot. And uh, it's, I mean it when I say it's probably like one of my favorite movie podcasts to listen to. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh to, I'm I'm, st- I'm still kind of behind. I'm I'm still I still have a bit of a backlog, so I'm looking forward to listening to more. But from what I've listened to, it's a really fun time. If you just basically, if you just want to hear a couple of guys, you know, analyze movies and also just have fun talking to each other. Um, again, it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to when I get the chance to listen. So yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, again, in general, just follow Grant. Follow whatever he does. And we'll have them on eventually. So that's about it for my community shout out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's going to be about it for the show. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to talk about before we uh, before we plug our stuff. Uh, still, ca- still kind of planning what's to come after this. But, uh, uh, but I, I will say uh, we will, 
eventually get to news because I know we have a lot, and uh, hopefully, eventually, we'll get to uh, get to talking about the latest new uh, the latest new jump starts that are coming out of the uh, Shonen Jump app from Viz. Um, but yeah, that I, I think hopefully we'll get to that soon. But uh, until then, you know, I think uh, I think it's about time we end the podcast. Uh, Lum, why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff? You can find me at LumRamiyasha on Twitter and a variety of places like Animation Revelation and Analyst wherever there's a LumRamiyasha that's where you can find me. But you can also find my artworks at Sid Artworks, which is my new kind of art Twitter, general social media handles. And I got a Twitter, I got an Instagram, so you can look at some of my art on there. I've been posting very regularly recently, so definitely uh, check that stuff out. Uh, but you can also check out my reviews on all-comma.com. We've got a lot of books coming in, a lot of books, a lot of reviews going out, so definitely look forward to reading more of those on there. And also look forward to more episodes of the Lum Squad podcast, which is coming out regularly monthly now. And it's a very exciting time considering some recent announcements of uh, Takashi and Yurisayato specific related stuff. So yeah, it's a lot to talk about and a lot to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's also important as well. Like if, if you if you enjoy the art that uh, Lum does for uh, for the podcast, whenever they do thumbnails and stuff for our uh, for our post on Twitter and all comic and whatnot, if you enjoy those and you want to see more art from them, please go follow their art accounts. Like I, I always enjoy uh, Lum sending me uh, the thumbnails before we post them and how amazing they <laughs> are. So no, thank you. So yeah, uh, if you if you enjoy their art, please go support them. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, as far as my stuff goes, you can follow me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Uh, again, I also host a few other podcasts on my own as well, such as Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, and uh, One Podcast Prevails, which is a case close slash uh, Detective Conan podcast. Um, really, you can find links to these shows and others at my personal blog at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. Uh, I have a page dedicated to whatever podcast I'm doing at the moment. I might actually need to update that page though. But yeah, you know, go there if you want to see whatever, see what kind of podcast I'm doing at the moment. And uh, I guess as for as for all comic, uh, you can find basically every episode of the Manga Mavericks on uh, all-comic.com. That's where we post every episode first, unless you are a patron of ours at Patreon.com/slash/MangaMavericks. Uh, in which case, you could sign up for our $2 tier, which basically gives you the opportunity to listen to a fully edited podcast once they're done, you know, depending on when we have them done. Uh, if we happen to get them done early before their release dates, you know, early enough, uh, we'll post them on our on our Patreon feed for patrons to listen to. Uh, it's basically the best way to listen to the podcast early. Uh, or you can, uh, you know, you can sign up for our $5 tier. We, uh, we we mentioned our uh, uh, bonus podcast earlier in the form of uh, you know our Manga Mavericks book club series. Uh, you know, currently we're doing one on Saint Seiya. We're about uh, six volumes into that series. It's my first time reading it, uh, along with my friend Doctor from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. It's his first time reading the series as well. Uh, you know, we we have a bunch of different bonus podcasts that we've done over the past uh, year or so since we've started up the Patreon. Uh, including uh, our first Manga Mavericks Book Club series, again, on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1, Phantom Blood, where we had uh, Grant the Thief on. Uh, I thought that was pretty fun. And we've had, we, we, we have all kinds of different, like, one-off reviews and uh, even some manga fights and whatnot. Like, all kinds of bonus stuff uh, that you will have access to uh, if you sign up for the $5 tier. 
And, uh, you know, you're guaranteed a bonus podcast at the end of every month from then on. So you have a lot of bonus stuff to look forward to if you sign up for that tier. Again, that's at patreon.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, it's really the best way to support us and what we do. Uh, and then, yeah, as for everything else, you could follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. But if you want to follow Manga Mavericks in particular, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore mavericks or on Tumblr at mangamavericks.tumblr.com for all the latest updates on the podcast. You can even subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, where we post the latest excerpts of our podcast, including news, whatever series we talk about, uh, even some exclusive content every once in a while. So again, subscribe to us at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, email us anything at manga mavericks at gmail.com. Do you have any thoughts or questions on uh, Chihaya Furu? Uh, what are some other manga you want us to talk about on the show? Uh, again, you can email us anything about manga or the podcast. And uh, we'll read it on the show. Again, that's at mangamavericks at gmail.com. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or basically wherever the podcast is uh, is available to listen to. We're available on so many different platforms, including, again, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you know, wh- wherever podcasts are sold. You know, leave us a rating and review on whatever you listen to. It really helps the visibility of our show. And uh, really just helps us get out to more ears and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, just uh, in in general, we appreciate it. So, yeah, uh, leave us a rating review if you have the time. Um, And that's going to be about it for the show. Uh, And so, yeah, this has been episode 120 of the Manga Mavericks podcast. And we will see you guys next time for episode 121. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.